Moving forward with Young Voices here on the Fed by Ravens Media Network. I'm pleased to welcome Alice Watson-Brown. She joins us from the UK as well. And Alice, good to meet you for the first time. Lovely to meet you. Thank you for having me on. As a Young Voices contributor, obviously, you have made the cut. You are you're part of an elite group of people um, talking about some really applicable things. But tell us just a little bit about yourself, about your background, who you are, and what makes you tick. Alice, I have lost your audio for just a moment. Can you just double check? There we go. Yes. I've, oh, now I can hear you. Um, yeah. So I grew up in London and also in the country. So I have a, a sort of good balance of appreciation uh, between, you know, urbanization and, you know, um, caring for nature. Um, but what makes me tick? Meeting people who are logical and rational, who've done their research and are actually passionate with integrity. They don't pretend things. They're just, no matter what really they believe, as long as they're passionate and they don't pretend to be something that they're not, then I like them. Very good. Well, let's dive in. We're, the theme today, we're talking about uh, reducing tobacco harm. We've been talking especially about this this strange um, war at every level, the World Health Organization right on down to, to national levels and even at the state level here, here in the United States. I see yeah. this, this war against vaping and e-cigarettes. And uh, you mentioned in your article that I'm looking at right now that the World Health Organization's vendetta against e-cigarettes is is moronic why do they have such a vendetta in the first place any idea i think it's because they have private interests um probably because of their you know funding um the report that they released about um e-cigarettes and the unfounded and unscientific attacks that they launched on it just had bloomberg all over it and i'm sure that's sort of american organization that's very anti-vaping and you can just you can just see it written in there. There's no kind of nuanced, balanced debates all about e-cigarettes are, va- are bad. And it just means if you are anti-vaping, you are pro-smoking. That's just it. So they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot with their harm reduction policies there. Um, and I think the reason why they are against that vendetta is for finances and also, I would say, for control. They are uh, seem to be in ever-extending arm of influence in you know the global policy world with covid um now vaping and things like that telling you how to wear your mask you need to wear two masks and it's just sort of there seems to be a trend here and i don't think people are falling for it no it's i and it, it concerns me where does it go from here most people i think could be persuaded now don't start smoking uh, you talk to anybody who's smoked for any length of time and usually they'll warn young people now don't pick up this habit it's a terrible one and it's hard to put down And yet I have heard over and over from people who have successfully quit tobacco that for many of them, at least within the last 10 years that I can think of, vaping and e-cigarettes were often a crucial way by which they were able to to wean themselves from tobacco. A hundred percent. I mean, no one who smokes or even anyone who vapes say, oh, you need to start this. Everyone says, quit, don't do it. Don't get yourself into it. I mean, myself, I vape. Um, I vape to cut down my smoking um, at university. And without my e-cigarette, 
I would smoke, you know, probably more than a pack a day, which would be far more detrimental to my health. I mean, I noticed a significant difference in my health when I started vaping anyway. And I think even as a person on a personal level, I really feel that I resonate it. And I feel the frustration that people are going through who really are trying to make their lives better, not by some, you know, state or global mandated bullying, but by a desire to, you know, make themselves a better person. Now, does does you'll have to tell me because I think you can speak from experience here. Does does every kind of vape have nicotine in it? Is is that standard, or are there vape uh, flavors, for instance, that that have no nicotine whatsoever? Yes. Well, so it's sort of a bit of a complicated. I don't want to sound like too much of a geek on this. Um, each most well, tobacco mimic vapes will have nicotine in them you can mm-hmm. get cbd vapes you can even get melatonin vapes which people use to help them sleep uh which is quite an interesting um a quite an interesting find um but the nicotine liquid that you put in your vape which you then um inhale can vary on the levels of nicotine so in the uk the maximum um nicotine concentration is 20 mg and i think the lowest is about six so when you start vaping you can start on the highest and then taper yourself down to the lowest so you're really not ingesting much nicotine at all and and maybe i should i'm going to ask this another way are there vape flavors available that have no nicotine whatsoever are there people who just vape because this tastes good and it feels good to vape or is it it, okay not popular i mean there were these um there are these things called shisha pens, which is pretty much just water vapor that you, you know, vape. Um, but they won't, as far as I know, they have no nicotine or addictive substances in. I think it's mainly what 13 year olds try and use to look cool on social media. Um, but as far as I know, I mean, I have a lot of friends who vape as well. I think it's sort of the culture in at the university I'm at. Um, no one vapes without nicotine. Okay. Uh, there are no flavors that I'm aware of with no nicotine. Now, you point out in your article that, uh, you know, vaping is 95 percent safer than smoking. That doesn't make it totally safe, but that's a very significant difference. Why does the World Health Organization still deem it as harmful? I mean, harmful enough they're trying to, to do away with it. Well, I assume it's because they want to achieve this health utopia where they are in complete control and they don't have to take responsibility for actually having to do research and looking after sick people. Interesting. Um, And I think, yeah, I assume it's more than, you know, I agree that vaping is not good for you. We all know that putting toxic chemicals into your body is not good for you, but you cannot just drive all the bad things out of life and expect people to just live. That's not how life works. It's not how humans work. No. And and again, it, you have to wonder, where does this, this lead? Because I'm thinking, you know, there are some eating habits. You know, I have eating habits that I know are not particularly <laughs> healthy. Do. I, don't, I don't want the World Health Organization swooping in to save me from myself and the fact that I might enjoy a cheeseburger. Exactly. Any sort of big change you make about yourself in your life, whether it's your diet, whether it's quitting smoking, that all comes from within and from your own mindset, not by some scaremongering, bullying organization for people that you don't know, you don't know where they, how they got into that organization. The WHO is really not transparent at all. And um, I think through this sort of, it's a, just a nanny state trend. Um, And it's dangerous. And you say, you're wondering about where it's going. And I mean, Obviously, the World Health Organization doesn't have the power to create and implement policy. 
But most sort of national or local governments, when they are, you know, looking for health policies, they will turn to the World Health Organization yeah. and look at their regulations and go, yes. And I think it just undoes so many of the good pro-vaping, anti-smoking laws that are in many countries in Europe um, and also undoes a lot of their work of the um organizations which really are out there to help people quit smoking such as backvapingbeatsmoking.com um they are trying to go around european cities at the moment and um mandate local governments to really sort of put proper vaping mandates in order so people can quit and they estimate that if politicians get the vaping policies right they can save around 19 million lives which is huge and the world health organization is just tearing down the efforts of these people Interesting. I, I love in your article how you point out the World Health Organization, you know, their their main focus, at least for most people, would think of them as, well, aren't they supposed to be dealing with contagious disease, which we've seen oh, this yeah. a lot with, with COVID. But it looks like some mission creep has occurred and they're, they're branching out into other areas where they may not really be needed. As I said, you know, they're trying to present themselves as though they are not a soft power. Um, And I don't think they really are a soft power anymore. And it's ever extending and never going to end. And they're not checked. There are no checks and balances against these people, especially with COVID and following the science narrative. If you hear a scientific fact and saying that in inverted commas, uh, you believe it and you go, oh, God, you you, you, like some people are. I saw where this article is on reason.com and some people, I think, in the U.S. are convinced that vaping is more dangerous than smoking. Which Interesting. is, I think, wow. a woeful, it's a, a woeful thing to have done um, on behalf of the World Health Organization. Where would you steer people trying to get good information so that they can make their own decision about uh, about what's what's right for them? I would just say what I say to anyone who's asking me, oh, you know, mainstream media are doing this. I just say just research, type into the Internet bar and scroll down a bit. Um Look at read, go on the news and make note make notes of people who are on political panels who are offering a different alternative view and follow them on Twitter and then see who they're following. Follow think tanks, not just you know health the global organisations which ultimately have a political goal. People there are pretty much people's jobs out there to inform you on this with no you know political end. This is there because they are interested and they actually want to help people. So that's what I would say. All right. Alice Watson-Brown, thank you so much for joining us today on Moving Forward with Young Voices. I hope we talk again soon. Thank you for having me.